Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? Well, it is Sunday, which means that today we're doing... Sacrilegious Book Club. All right. So um, on our Sacrilegious Book Club, what are we going over today? We are reading a treasury of Jewish folklore, stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people, edited by Nathan Ozubel. We are getting into, uh, let's see, we're in part three. Part one was Jewish salt. Part two was heroes. And uh, part three is the human comedy Of that, we are reading chapter four, humorous anecdotes and jests. All right. You ready to get into this? Sure as fuck am. Let's do it. Okie dokie. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so we are um, jumping into the jests. Okay. Um, section. Now, normally these chapters have a, an introduction. Right. But this one doesn't until a little further in when there's a introduction to a very, very short section. But the intro to me seems to fit the whole one. Okay. The whole thing that I'm reading. Sure. So I'm just going to use this as the intro to the section. Okay. And I think it'll suffice. So the intro is on page 439 and it refers to bitter jests. All right. Okay. The bitter jests of the Jews are dipped in the gall and wormwood of their experience. Since the book of Proverbs, the Jewish folk have been saying, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful and the end of that mirth is heaviness. This type of humor, of course, is not unique to the Jews, but among them, however, it has acquired deep undertones that stamp it with originality. Okay. Jewish bitter jests exude a certain cosmic irony. They show the rational intelligence of the Jew, staggered by the cruel incongruities of his enemy's conduct. Most of the themes of these bitter jests treat of the luckless, I'm sorry, treat of the luckless fate of the Jews. Their mirth has a sardonic bite as it contemplates the bizarre helplessness of their position in a hostile world. Yeah, okay. And I thought that was pretty fitting just in general. Sure. But particularly of this chapter called Humorous Anecdotes and Jests. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the first one I'm going to read, this section opens up on page 421. Uh Uh-huh. And this little story appears there. And it's called Zuskind the Tailor. Okay. The Bishop of Salzburg issued a decree that on a certain day, the Jews of the principality were to present their champion to hold a dispute with a certain Christian scholar who was a great Bible authority and theologian. The dispute was to take place in the cathedral square before the entire populace. Whichever of the two opponents was bested in argument was to lose his life. Oh, damn. Okay, so we've got two smarties. We've got a Christian versus a Jew. Whichever one loses the debate is going to die. That's drastic. Right? Yeah. It was a way to be allowed sure. to kill the Jewish. Oh, oh. You know how okay. it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A great terror fell upon the Jews when they heard of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They rent their garments and fasted. The rabbinical council issued a call that whoever wished to engage in the disputation with the Christian scholar should report to the chief rabbi. Only Zuskin the tailor showed up. Showed up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. The communal leaders were, were filled with consternation. Was this the man to represent them against the most learned priest in the land? <laughs> but what was there to be done? I mean, you put somebody smart up, then you're going to lose somebody smart. So right, might right. as well, if you're going to lose anyway. Sure. They're kind of in a bind. Yeah. No one else had come forward for everyone knew it spelled certain death. Right. And here was the town tailor ready to sacrifice his life for the good of all and for the sanctification of the Lord, his holy name. Right. What it says. Right. The appointed day for the disputation arrived. The populace assembled in the cathedral square according to the bishop's decree. The bishop 
then asked the Jewish champion to step forward and begin the disputation. Okay. Said Zuskin the tailor to the Christian scholar, If you are such an authority on Jewish lore, then tell me, what is the meaning of the Hebrew words loedati? I don't know, answered the scholar readily. Aha! cried the tailor exultantly. Let me put the question to you again. What does loedati mean? I don't know, answered the scholar, this time with some exasperation. When the bishop heard the scholar's apparent admission of ignorance for the second time, he ordered that the disputation be halted. They then quickly hanged the scholar, and the Jews returned home with songs of thanksgiving on their lips. <laughs> they conducted the tailor in triumph to the rabbi. Tell me, asked the rabbi, how did you hit upon such a clever plan to best the scholar? <laughs> I'll tell you, rabbi, replied the tailor. I looked into the Yiddish translation of the Torah because I do not know any Hebrew. And it said about lo adati, I don't know. So I figured if the Holy y Yiddish Bible translation admits I don't know, how can this enemy of Israel know? And as you see, I judged right. <laughs> There's a little asterisk just in case you didn't get it. Lo adati means I don't, I don't know. know. I got it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, I thought that was cute. That's a great. Yeah. Even the Bible doesn't know. Who knows? <laughs> The next one is called The Power of a Lie. I didn't really find it funny. What I found it was kind of terrifying. Okay. Um, kind of, kind of uh, speaks to today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the Republicans, not the politicians at the top, but the bottom ones that believe whatever they're told kind sure. of thing. Yeah. Um, the story's called The Power of a Lie. Okay. In the town of Tarnopol lived a man by the name of Reb Fivel. One day, as he sat in his house, deeply absorbed in his Talmud, he heard a loud noise outside. When he went to the window, he saw a lot of little pranksters. Up to some new piece of mischief, no doubt, he thought. Children, run quickly to the synagogue, he cried, leaning out and improvising the first story that occurred to him. You'll see there a sea monster, and what a monster! It's a creature with five feet, three eyes, and a beard like that of a goat, only mm. it's green! Wow. And sure enough, the children scampered off, and Reb Fivel returned to his studies. <laughs> he smiled into his beard as he thought of the trick he had played on those little rascals. I have to tell you, I love the phrase, smiled into his beard. Yeah. That's really great writing there. Yep, yep. It wasn't long before his studies were interrupted again, this time by running footsteps. When he went to the window, he saw several Jews running. Where are you running? He called out. To the synagogue, answered the Jews. Haven't you heard? There's a sea monster there. <laughs> a creature with five legs, three eyes, and a beard like that of a goat, only it's green. Oh, my God. Reb Fievel laughed with glee, thinking of the trick he had played, and sat down again to his Talmud. But no sooner had he begun to concentrate when suddenly he heard a dimming a dinning tumult outside. And what did he see? A great crowd of men, women, and children, all running toward the synagogue. Oh, my. What's up? He cried, sticking his head out the window. What a question. Why don't you know? They answered. Right in front of the synagogue, there's a sea monster. It's a creature with five legs, three eyes, and a beard like that of a goat, only it's green. <laughs> and as the crowd hurried by, Reb Fievel suddenly noticed that the rabbi himself was among them. Mm. Lord of the world, he exclaimed, if the rabbi himself is running with them, then surely something must be happening. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Without further thought, Reb Bible grabbed his hat, left his house, and also began running. Who can tell? He muttered to himself as he ran, all out of breath, toward the synagogue. Yeah. That time when you tell a lie to so many people, and then you start to believe it yourself. Right, right. You could see why I related that to. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, just scary stuff, you guys. Scary stuff. But also, I thought that was... It was funny, it was, I thought. You thought it was funny? I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was silly. I mean, but... it's... you're So, I think it's a little too light to apply to what's going on in our world right now. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, I can see how you made the correlation. It's, you know, there... There's a lot of things that people are saying about false information out there, mm-hmm. and everyone's believing it, right? And, well, and and even more so, the people that are telling it are forcing themselves to believe it as well. Right. Like, so. they tell Fox News, this is a thing that's happening. Fox News reports it, and then they're like, it must be true. I heard it on Fox News. Right. And but it's I, like, oh, my God. I also not? feel like it's more malicious than that. I don't. I don't think that the people that are saying these things actually believe them. No, I, or, I agree with you there. I, it's more of a control and 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 there, there's more to it. No, there's I definitely, and that's why I said more, this speaks more of the ones on the bottom. But there are a few at the top that I think they really have convinced themselves of some of the lies. Sure, sure. Not all of them, but a few but of I them. But I felt like that story itself was very lighthearted and, sure. you know, not, it was obviously not true. Right. You know, there's not a Obviously. monster at the door. You know? Yeah, yeah. But And he should have known better since he's right, the one that right. made up the damn story yeah, in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So skipping ahead to page 428, we're going to read Sermon Without End. Okay. On and on the preacher droned. It seemed as though he would never end his sermon. He was so carried away by his own eloquence that he became unaware of his audience. They yawned and twisted restlessly in their seats. With eyes closed, the preacher was describing in attractive detail the joys the pious would find in paradise. He therefore did not notice the members of the congregation tipping out, tiptoeing out one by one. Mm-hmm. When the last one had departed, the shamus walked up to the preacher and tugging at his sleeve, he said, Rabbi, here's the key to the synagogue. When you get through, do you mind locking up? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, this one is also on page 428. It's called When Your Life is in Danger. Okay. A Jewish merchant once came on matters of business to the estate of a Polish landowner in the country. He found the landowner at breakfast. On the table were hot cutlets and a bottle of wine. The host politely asked the merchants to take a seat at the table and urged him to eat a pork chop. The Jew thanked him but declined. Don't you like pork chops? On the contrary, I would like them very much, but they're forbidden to us as Jews. Right. The landowner laughed. I know, I know, said he. You call them treff. After that, he poured him a glass of wine. Again, the Jew declined with thanks. That, too, was forbidden. Huh. I did not know that wine was forbidden to Jews. Yeah, I didn't either. There's lots of places in the uh, Old Testament where there is people drinking. Like, I mean, David... I think drank and there's all kinds of stuff Solomon like that. Drank. Yeah, so it's that's odd to me. I it, I would like to learn more about that. Like, does it depend on the day of the week or the right? I I don't know. No, I think that would make for an interesting special episode at some yeah, point. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we should dig into like like currently what they're not allowed to do. Sure, you know? so, I agree. That sounds um, interesting. Yeah, no, I'd love to go over that. Out of patience, the landowner exclaimed. 
Your God certainly is a hard-hearted one. He puts upon your shoulders a burden too heavy to carry. Tell me, for instance, what would you do if you got lost in a forest, had nothing to eat for several days, and began to feel that you were about to collapse from hunger? Suppose somebody came along and handed you food that was treff. Would you eat it? That's entirely another matter, answered the Jew. Our law makes provision for emergencies where human life and health are at stake. Hmm. I didn't know Does that it? either. Yeah, I didn't either. Hmm. Suddenly, the landowner jumped to his feet. He glared murderously at the Jew and, whipping out a revolver, pointed it at him, crying, Drink this wine or I shoot! Before you could say boom, the Jew had, drowned, had downed the wine in one gulp. Still pointing the revolver at him, the landowner poured him a second glass. Before you could say bam, the Jew had gulped it down. Putting down the revolver, the landowner said, smiling to the Jew, Now don't be angry with me, I beg you, I was only joking. Assure me you're not mad. I would be mad. Right? Yeah. Why shouldn't I be angry? I have every right to be angry, retorted the Jew. You should have started your little joke a little earlier when you first got to the pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that was funny. <laughs> yeah. But I also found it a little offensive. Yeah, don't, don't pull don't do guns on people. That's and, not, yeah. not ever a good idea. Yeah. It, just let them not. You know what? More for you. Okay? Yeah. Just whatever. Everybody eat or don't eat according to... Right. It, it bothers me none. Sure. I don't, I don't give a crap. Right. Oh, okay. This one is a few pages forward on page 435, and it's called Shortcut. Okay. Feld and Bine met on the street. Shalom Malakim, said Feld politely. Go to hell, said Bine. <laughs> Look, Feld said indignantly. I speak nicely to you, and you tell me to go to hell. What's the idea? Well, we've heard a story similar to this one before, FYI. Okay. I'll tell you, said Bine. If I answered you politely, you would ask, where am I going? And I would tell you I'm going to the 8th Street, 8th Street Baths. And you would tell me I'm crazy, the Avenue A Baths are better. And I would say, you're crazy, the 8th Street Baths are better. And you would call me a damn fool, and I would tell you to go straight to hell. <laughs> this way, it's simpler. I tell you straight away, go to hell. And it's finished. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, good. We have heard a similar story. Right, yeah. I, I do kind of like it, though. Yeah. Like, let's skip the niceties and right. just jump straight to the, I don't like you, you don't like me. We're not going to agree, so here it is. Yeah, this yeah. conversation is not going to end well, and I don't want to have it. Right. Blah, 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 we're mad at each other, go away. <laughs> Skipping forward again to page 441, we are reading Handicapped. Okay. okay. Yep. An old patriarchal Jew from a small Polish town was on his way to Warsaw. Opposite him in the train sat a Jew-hating army colonel with his dog. Oh. The officer openly showed his contempt for the old Jew. Whenever he spoke to his dog, he called him Yunkel. But the Jew said nothing. Finally, it got under his skin. What a pity that the poor dog has a Jewish name, the Jewish man muttered. Why so, answered the colonel. With such a name as Yonkel, he just has no chance, replied the Jew. It's a real handicap. Without it, who knows? He can be, he could even become a colonel in the army. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, he just like went with it. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was kind of clever, right. honestly. Yep. Like, what else can you do kind of thing? Right. All right. Page 442, Rabbi Mendel's Comparison. Rabbi Mendel of Leibovitch frequently went to St. Petersburg to, please the to plead the cause of the Jews at the court of the Tsar. 
On one of those visits, he was taken to task by one of the imperial ministers. Do you know, um, I only just put together that imperial and empire are, <laughs> like, related. Like, imperial stormtroopers are, you know, from the empire. Right, right. Like, it's just one of those starts with an I versus start with an E, so I just never put them together because I'm dumb. Right. How do you explain, Rabbi, as the minister mockingly, that your Talmud is full of the grossest exaggerations? Can you think of anything more preposterous than the story about the dying whale who leaped out of the sea and laid waste to 60 towns? <laughs> what? We haven't got there yet. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> Rabbi Mendel smiled and answered, Not so long ago, Your Excellency, you yourself dipped your pen in ink once and signed a decree driving out all the Jews from 600 towns. Ooh. Now just imagine what might a future historian write about this event. He might say, with one drop of ink on his pen, His Excellency drowned all the Jews in 600 Russian towns. Would that be a gross exaggeration? Right, right. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Bible's full of ridiculous stories, but that was a snappy comeback. Yeah. And I applaud it. No, definitely. Okay. That is it for today. That is the, all the stories I have for you, my darling. Those were not bad. I like those, not actually. Bad. Good, yeah. Jess. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. fun. Um, so that was our Jewish folklore episode for today. Mm -hmm. For Sacrilegious Book Club. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be getting the weekly wrap out. Wrap. I can't say that right lately. Nope. The weekly wrap up out here shortly. Mm -hmm. And then we will be back tomorrow with... I have no idea. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 35. Okay, yes, that one. Yeah, so we'll see you guys then. Yep, bye. bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.